0: with Ryan Horvat, presented by BetMGM. Alright, 20 minutes away, we'll talk with uh, Mark Drumheller, get his picks for the day, get some best bets so far. We like Miami on the show, we like the Maryland-Michigan uh, under. I ended up betting Maryland at 19 and a half. I don't know that I would recommend anybody do the same. Anytime Maryland steps up in class, they get smoked, and I realized by the second quarter, oh, this... Like like milk for Ron Burgundy. This was a bad choice. All right, uh, let's get to some games. Arizona, one and a half point dog against Utah. Arizona at home. Arizona's been a fun story. Uh, kind of a fun story. They haven't been a fun story for me. I actually went under on their win total. Uh, they've won over that win total. They've been playing really good football since making the switch at quarterback. Utah, not as dominant on the road as they are at home. Uh, the defense even a little bit overrated this season. Still top 15, but just way too many injuries. Yet, they still have an outside shot to reach the Pac-12 championship game. So does Arizona, actually. Both teams would need a ton of help. I don't think it happens. I think Oregon's going to take care of business today against Arizona State, Is big favorites, and then next week against Oregon State at home as well. Uh, Bryson Barnes, he's played all right. He's no cam rising. He struggled on the road a little bit. The offense for Utah, pretty one-dimensional right now. Uh, they've been playing a safety at running back. They've been beat up. They're going to need to run the ball in this game. Arizona's offensive line. Uh, It's held up pretty well, so I don't know about that Utah pass rush. And Fafita has been pretty good. Uh, So I think Arizona wins the game, but nothing here for me. I stayed away. I could see this going either way. Nothing with the total either. My favorite bet of the day actually comes in primetime. I grabbed Oregon State earlier this week on the money line. I still like them at two, taking on Washington. You have a two-loss Oregon State team at home, taking on undefeated Washington, number five in the college football playoff ranking, tough place to play. Oregon State with a ton to play for still as well. Back-to-back wins here over Washington and then Oregon in the rivalry game next week. And they're in the Pac-12 title game. And who knows? Maybe they got an outside shot at the playoff. I don't think so. They have two losses this season. Um, but both losses this season for Oregon State were by a combined six points. At home this season, they're a perfect 5-0. and oh, All those wins by double digits. Right now, they're tied for uh, second with a nine-game home win streak. They've only lost one game at home the past two seasons, really well coached. You have an undefeated Washington team, obviously, though, and uh, they've been on a roll. 17 straight wins. Kalen DeBoer, love him. Michael Penix, a legit Heisman candidate, hasn't been as good since that Oregon game, though, and the defense has been flirting with disaster. They started the season beating up on teams, their non con schedule. uh, They beat up on Michigan State, who's really down this season. But then when they played, uh, you know, the Pac-12 opponents, they barely get past Oregon, which makes sense. I think Oregon's the best team in the conference. I think if that game's played in Eugene or on neutral, Oregon wins that game. But they flirted with some losses against lesser competition like Stanford. Stanford moved the ball against that defense. Arizona State, USC, um, great offensive team, tons of firepower, obviously. But I think on the other side. Oregon State's going to test that defensive line and run defense. If you look at it, Washington, not a great tackling team outside the top 70. Um, actually, right now they're inside the top 50 in tackling, but they're outside the top 70 in every other metric. Line yards outside the top 100, have it created, stuff rate, success rate, all the nerd stuff, EPA per rush allowed. They're just not a very good run-stopping team. And that's what Oregon State's going to look to do today. They have a really good offensive line, definitely top three in the Pac-12. Coming into the season, I thought it was the best offensive line, but I'm going to give the nod there to Oregon. Um, They're number two in the country in rushing success rate. They have two really good running backs. Damian Martinez and Fenwick have both been really good this season. They're both top 25 um, in explosive runs this season. Martinez himself is averaging more than two yards per rush before first contact. And last season in this matchup, they both averaged over six yards per carry, both Fenwick and Martinez. So I think they have a solid game tonight. It looks like we're going to get some rain, some wind. That's something to pay attention to. If the weather holds off, and this is a clear night, advantage Washington, they're going to be able to push the ball down the field. They have three NFL wide receivers. They get McMillan back today. He hasn't caught a pass uh, since the end of September. He's back healthy today. He's going to be able to take on a full workload. But with the rain, with the sloppy weather, with Oregon State, at home in this game, I like them. And DJU has been playing better football now that he's been at Oregon State in the Pac-12, playing much better football than he did last season at Clemson when they were calling for his head. Oregon State, believe it or not, 15th in the country in passing down explosiveness. So, you know, even if Washington looks to stack the box, maybe look to shut down the run, DJU could use some play action, hit you with some big plays down the field. So uh, Oregon State's my favorite bet. I think Washington gets clipped tonight in Corvallis over the past three seasons. The Beavers, 17-1 against the spread in Corvallis, and they're covering by over 10 points per game at a 94% clip. So my favorite bet of the night, Oregon State on the money line. Uh, I like it at the current number as well. Georgia-Tennessee, this one's interesting. Uh, Georgia was 10.5-point favorites. We had some 8s pop last night. Tennessee was taking some money. Now we're back to 9.5. I didn't touch this one. I would actually lean Tennessee. I mean, George is clearly the better team. I was all over Tennessee last week. I have no idea why they even showed up against Missouri. They scored seven points. A Josh Heupel team scored seven points in a football game. It was insane, man. It was. I was clearly on the wrong side, yet I kind of want to go back to him today. If you bet on college football, especially this time of the year in November, you have to have a short memory. And George's offense Got much healthier last week. Uh, Mims came back on the offensive line, and Brock Bowers was back, and he's clearly the best tight end in the country. Carson Beck, 10 starts in, only one interception his last three games. He's averaging over 300 passing yards per game. Georgia's offense is actually better this year than last, and that's without Stetson Bennett, who wasn't just a game manager. Stetson Bennett was a good college quarterback. And that's without Todd Munkin, who's now calling plays for Baltimore, And still, they're six in the country in points per game. And Tennessee's defense has been solid this season, but they didn't show up last week. A bunch of missed tackles. It looked like they just quit against Missouri. And now they step up in class. They get this Georgia offense who's fully healthy. They're going to need to get pressure on Carson Beck. That's been their strength this season. They have to get pressure. Like, Cody Schrader torched them last week. They have to be better against the run. Um, Tennessee's offense, like I said, they only scored seven points. That's the lowest amount since Heupel took over as head coach. They've relied on their run game all season. They do have three really good running backs. They're averaging over 230 rushing yards per game. Joe Milton, that's the issue if you want to back Tennessee. He's been a disaster. Outside of that half against Alabama where he looked like Patrick Mahomes, he's just been all over the place. And Georgia's defense, we know what they do. They play a ton of six-man boxes. They don't get a whole lot of pressure. right? They like to drop extra guys back in coverage, limit the passing attack. Um, And I think... If you do that against Tennessee, I don't know that that matters. So if Tennessee is able to run the ball, limit Georgia's possessions, eat some clock, I think they could cover this number. But going back to them after last week, uh, that's tough. They're going to have to probably – I mean, not probably. They're going to definitely have to play much better, and they're going to have to shut down the run, which if you look at it, uh, I don't know that they're going to be able to do today. So I'm staying away from that one. North Carolina Clemson – I like Clemson. This is a live betting one for me. If I could get Clemson anything under a touchdown, I want to bet Clemson, but I don't want to bet Clemson at seven-and-a-half-point favorites. But I think the fact that you have Clemson with these losses this season, going against North Carolina, who started hot, and they're seven-and-a-half-point favorites right now, I think that's very telling. Uh, This is going to be the best defense Carolina's seen all season. Um, Also probably, though, going to be the best offense Clemson's defense has seen all season. Carolina, even with Drake May, has been a run-first offense this season. They're running back. Hampton's been excellent all year long. Uh, their pass game, though, has been much better since they got Tez Walker back. Their offensive line did not hold up, though, against Pitt and against Miami. And that's Pitt and that's Miami. Now they're going against this Clemson pass rush, this Clemson defensive line. Against Pitt and Miami, uh, Drake May was sacked ten times in those games. So I think Drake May is going to be under constant pressure. We'll see if they're able to run the ball against Clemson with Hampton. I think they're going to be able to need to. But they're going against guys like Trotter and Carter. I don't know. Uh, Clemson's secondary hasn't given up a 200 passing yard game in over a month. Can they hold up here? Um, Clemson on offense, 200 rushing yards and passing yards last week. That was their most balanced attack all season long. Cade Klubnick was excellent in this game last season against North Carolina, but he hasn't been great this season. But they get Will Shipley back. They obviously have Maffa. I think Clemson's going to be able to run the ball against North Carolina. North Carolina has given up five yards per carry the past month. Their run defense has not been good all season long. The defense has been much improved, right? Like last season, they were outside the top 100 in pretty much every metric. They've been improved, but they're still not really good against the run. And with Maffa and Shipley back fully healthy for Clemson, both averaging over four yards per carry, five yards per carry, I think Clemson's going to be able to have some success on the ground today. Carolina's outside the top 80 in rushing success rate allowed and explosives allowed. Um, so this should be a big, big game for Maffa and Shipley. Even at seven and a half, I do like Clemson. And Clemson's 2-0 uh, and o now since Dabble went off uh, on his radio show. So I think that they're the side today. Kansas State, Kansas. Here's another one where I do like the favorite, even at eight and a half. I like Kansas State. Waiting to see what's up with Jason Bean. He suffered a head injury all week long. Lance has been saying he's going to give it a go. Uh, Daniels is out for the rest of the season, although he did say on social media he'll be back at quarterback for Kansas next year. Uh, But if Bean can't go today, that means Co Ballard, Chris Ballard's son, the third-string quarterback, looks like he'll give it a go. He's a huge drop-off. We saw him last week. He was nine for 20. He threw an interception. He's a freshman walk on. He took some big hits last week. Now he has to go um, against this Kansas State defense, which gets better every single week. So Jalen Daniels, like I said, shut down. No chance we see him. Bean, um, with Bean, you know, maybe you can make the case for Kansas, anything over a touchdown. But I don't know, man. Kansas State, really good against the run, and that's what Kansas is going to have to do in this game. They're going to play at a slow tempo. They're going to want to run the football, and Kansas State's a really good tackling team. They're plus 10 in turnovers the last few games here. They do give up some explosives, but since they switched to this 3-3-5 defense, they've been the second-best defense in the Big 12 as far as points per game. And on the offensive side of the ball for Kansas State, they were running a bunch of two-quarterback stuff with Avery Johnson as the rushing option. But lately, it's been just a lot of Will Howard. He broke the school record for touchdowns last week. Not sure how many stops Kansas is going to be able to get. Kansas State's offensive line is fully healthy. They're clicking right now. They're top 15 in the country in creating yards. They're top 15 in EPA per rush. Both of their running backs, uh, Treshawn Ward and DJ Giddens, have both went for over 1,400 yards this season. They both have um, you know, a bunch of missed tackles forced or created, I should say. So, I don't know how many stops Kansas is going to be able to get. I think another good look would be The team total over 35 points. I think Kansas State hangs at least 40 in this game. Um, They're running right now a bunch of two tight end formations, a bunch of two running back sets. Maybe we see a little bit of Avery Johnson to use his legs, but even Will Howard, um, when he's left the pocket, has been really mobile. He's been able to use his legs. They have a combined 13 rushing touchdowns. So for me, Kansas State today. Uh, Texas and Iowa State. Here's an interesting one tonight. Texas, a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over Iowa State. Texas just needs to take care of business the next couple weeks. They'll be in the Big 12 championship game. They have to take care of business there. And then we see if a one-loss Texas team gets into the college football playoff. I can't wait to see what happens if in the SEC championship game, a one-loss Alabama team beats an undefeated Georgia team. Then what does the committee do? Because you'll have a one-loss Georgia team, a one-loss Alabama team, A one-loss Texas team who has the overall win, the outright win, over Alabama on a neutral earlier this season. Yet still, I feel like they would put Alabama in for the win over Georgia, who hasn't lost a game in two years. Um, So it's going to be a crazy final couple weeks of the season. I'm just cheering for chaos here. But Texas, a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over Iowa State. Quinn Ewers came back last week against TCU. You looked pretty good. He had 317 passing yards, had a touchdown, but also threw an interception. But what we got to watch for today with Texas, what they look like without Jonathan Brooks, their stud running back. They lose him for the rest of the season, so now Ewers is going to have to put more on his shoulders in this game. Um, good thing for him, he's seen a lot of this three-three-five stack that Iowa State plays, this nickel stack, but it's seven and a half. I think Iowa State keeps this game close. I'm not going to play this one. I would live bet Texas anything under a touchdown, but over a touchdown, my lean here would be Iowa State. Uh, a big favorite that I like went from 22.5 out to 24.5 on the road today before we get to the break. I like Oklahoma actually against BYU. Uh, Oklahoma needs to win out. They need Texas also to win out. They need Oklahoma State to drop one of the remaining two games, and they're in the conference championship game. They could still get a New Year's uh, Year's Bowl game. They had consecutive losses to Kansas and Oklahoma State, but then they bounced back. They won 59-20 over West Virginia. Dylan Gabriel probably played his best game of the season, over 300 passing yards, and they're going against BYU here. BYU's a little bit beat up. I think Oklahoma looks to send a message. Maybe the first half's a better look, but I like them at 24 and a half. Uh, I'm going to lay it with Oklahoma today. Uh, that's one of my favorites. So to rehash some of these bets really quick before we get to the break and before we get to Mark Drumheller, I love Oregon State. That's probably the game of the night tonight against Washington. Uh, did bet them earlier this week on the money line. Also took a little bit of Oregon State minus one. Right now, though, uh, two-point favorites. Shop around, you could get a one and a half if that's your thing, and you could get a minus 120 on the money line. Um, I like Miami as a pick. I like Memphis, plus eight and a half. I like the under in Maryland, Michigan. I bet that at 50. I still like it at 49 and a half. I like Michigan State, plus four and a half. Uh, I like Clemson. Anything under a touchdown played Clemson earlier in the week at six and a half. I don't know about seven and a half. And then Kansas State, minus eight and a half against Kansas today. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with Mark Drumheller. It's the BQL Tailgate to Kick Off. I'm Ryan Horvath. You're listening to the BQL Network and the Odyssey app. BetQL tailgate kickoff with Ryan Horvat. We'll be right back on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM.